Welcome to the Friday Night Clive podcast with me, Clive Payne. In this podcast, we look back at the amazing charities, organisations and people we have chatted to over the past few months, all of whom have interesting and important stories to tell. Have you scattered Easter bunnies around your home? No, me neither. Uh, And do you have your Easter eggs ready to munch on? Not yet. Uh, Do you know, inadvertently, I gave up chocolate for Lent. And it was really strange because I just happened to stop eating chocolate three or four days before Shrove Tuesday. And I thought, you know, I'm going to carry this on. And I have. But of course, today it's Eastertide. Oh, well, it's the Eastertide season. And today is Good Friday. But what does Good Friday mean? And what is the true meaning of Easter? And what should it mean to us today? And why do we celebrate it? As I was saying earlier on, it is the oldest festival in the Christian calendar. And to tell me all about this is our friend and Friday Night Clive chaplain, Reverend Nick Gowers from Holy Trinity. Church in Old Hill, otherwise known to you and I as Nick the Vic. Nick, good evening. Good evening, Clive. Thank it's lovely you. to be back with you. Absolutely lovely to have you again. It was good to see you. Um, let's talk about Easter. What does Easter, what is it supposed to represent? Yeah, I mean, it is the big celebration for Christians. It's the very heart of our faith. It's where Jesus died, he rose from the dead, and at the very heart of that is who God is and how we have a relationship with him. So it's the very centre of all that we are and do as Christians. I mean, how long is the season of Easter? I mean, how long does it last? Well, it depends who you... Well, yeah, it depends who you speak to. If you're going to go for the technical bit in terms of uh, churches, then it's technically 50 days all the way up to Pentecost. Mm. Uh, As to how many people are actually celebrating the resurrection of Jesus for those 50 days, that's debatable. But for many, well, certainly for me, Easter Sunday is the big day. For me, I always, I mean, I always like Monday, Thursday. I like Good Friday. And I think that really sort of sets the mood and sets the scene in my own mind and my own thought processes coming from a Christian background Hmm. uh, and being brought up that way. We know about Good Friday, but where does it get its name from? And what actually happened on Good Friday? Uh, Very good questions, because, I mean, the way we use the word good nowadays is all about, uh, you know, whether something's good or bad. But historically, it was also had the idea of it being a holy day. So good is, in that sense, it's a a holy day. It's a special day. It's a set-apart day. And what's particularly set-apart is that it's the day when Jesus died on the cross. Yes, but it was no accident. Jesus mentioned a number of times that he was going to die and he also gave a reason why he was going to in uh, in place of sinful human beings so he was dying uh, to take the judgment that we deserve so that we can have a relationship with god uh, and i think that's the wonderful thing is it seems bad and yes it's a very you know when you see just what humanity has done to the son of god uh, it, it's a it's a deeply sobering day mm. but it's also a very special day because we realize that that god himself is is stepping in and saying well no i'm going to carry the can uh i'm going to take the justice you deserve so that you can have a relationship with me so it's Mm. it it, it's a day of very stark contrasting emotions on the one hand i mean we were in our service earlier today and it's just this profound thing to think that somebody would give their life for you and let an even more profound thing to think that god would give his life for you Mm. and yet a also wonderful thing that you're loved 
that much, God would go to that extent to say, I want you back. I want a relationship mm-hmm. with you. So, yeah, a day of real contrasting emotions, sobering, yet wonderful, uh, sort of there's grief, but there's also joy. It, yeah, it's a, a very special day. But at that point, you see, Jesus wasn't that popular, was he really? Because, I mean, the, the crowd, they, they sort of, you know, yelled, crucify him, crucify him. And they, they didn't rate him at all, did they? No, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, the fickleness of human crowds is partly in there. I think the the people at the time were expecting a saviour to come in, kick out the Romans, uh, bring political liberation, uh, you know, ride in and get rid of... The, I mean, who who wouldn't want that? If you've been occupied by a, a foreign country as uh, Israel was at that time, get out the occupiers, here's the guy who's going to do it. He's got the power, he's got God's power on his side, it seems. Uh, and then he comes into Jerusalem on a donkey in peace and... He doesn't do what they expect. And so you have from Palm Sunday when there's this great expectation over the course of the week, there's this gradual sort of shifting of power and sentiment such that by the time you get to that Maundy Thursday, well, Maundy Thursday, the crowds have turned against him. Yeah, and it must have been, you know, it was quite quite sobering for him, I think, really. But as you say, God had set the way forward. Um, in your opinion, will Easter be back to normal this year after the COVID restrictions? I mean, how is it working out in your church? Yeah, very much so. It, it's a slightly bizarre one in that uh, I think, you know, with everything having been lifted all of a sudden, it feels like nothing's happened in the last two years. But at the same time, there's this shadow of people who are not here because they're still having to isolate people who are just a bit more concerned and a bit more cautious and folk who've drifted away. But largely, the services are as they were before which means that anybody can turn up you can find your local church look at what time the services are and and just be there and Mm. uh, churches tend to be big enough and airy enough that you'll be able to keep your distance if you need to that's right and obviously use common sense if you're feeling a bit off then uh, do a test and make sure you're all right first yeah absolutely yeah where does the name easter come from nick because I read earlier on um that uh it's the festival of i don't know if i'm even pronouncing this correctly Oestra, which is E-O-S-T-R-E. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but what's what's your view on its origin? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, ask me how, me. <laughs> don't ask me how to pronounce that either. I think you're going don't, back don't, to... Don't laugh at me. Uh, well, no, I, and, and I'm not even going to try. So, uh, I think that goes back to an old Saxon word, which was uh, there was a goddess, Easter, or, again, don't know how to pronounce it, no. uh, of which that particular month uh, was... Uh, named after a bit like you know we have uh, sunday named after the sun uh, thursday named after the god thor so it doesn't necessarily mean anything because it's named after it uh, and in sort of saxon background cultures uh, the uh, when christianity came in when people started to believe the good news about jesus uh, they well they needed a name for this festival that and so in saxon cultures they went for easter but in a lot of countries around the world uh, actually it's not called easter it's more connected with passover something like pascha or pasha which Mm. is more directly connected with passover which is when the first easter occurred i've been to a proper jewish passover on a thursday evening oh wow uh, which is lovely um, and yeah, I really enjoyed that. I haven't done that for a long time, but I have experienced that. Uh, and that, that's something that, that's really, really quite magical. But what I, I don't get is why doesn't Easter happen at the same time each year? Now, we were talking about this with my colleague on Drive Time earlier on, but it's a movable fe- festival, isn't it? Uh, literally. <laughs> I know there's lots of people who would love it if it could stick. I mean, teachers, uh, all sorts of people will be quite happy for it to stay on the same uh, day each year. 
Historically, Easter is connected with Passover, which is connected with the cycles of the moon. Uh, and how it is now, it's, uh, I've actually brought a bit of paper because it's quite complicated as to when... <laughs> I like a man with paper. Uh, Matt, so, uh, here we go. This is the official thing. Easter falls on the first Sunday after the full moon date, based on mathematical calculations that falls on or after March the 21st. And if the full moon is on a Sunday, Easter is celebrated on the following Sunday. Okay. Uh, I'll test you on that later. All oh, right, that's fine. There is an exam. <laughs> Thank you so much. You can come again. Um, yeah, so th- that's that's the reason for it. Yeah, yeah, because it's connected with the lunar calendar mm. rather than the fixed calendar. But it would it would make it a whole lot easier, wouldn't it, if it was the same Sunday each year? Do you have any idea for how many centuries that Easter has been um, celebrated? Because it is the oldest festival in the Christian calendar, isn't it? Well, I mean, yeah, Christians have celebrated Jesus's resurrection since he was resurrected. Mm. So uh, that would put it at a good two thousand years. In terms of whether it was celebrated annually or as you know, early Christians also celebrated effectively Easter every Sunday. Sunday was Resurrection Day, which is why they shifted uh, the Sabbath from the Saturday to the Sunday, because mm-hmm. it was the day when Jesus rose from the dead. So there was some debate in the early church as to whether, you know, uh, Easter should be how often Easter should be celebrated, when it should be celebrated, uh, and uh, the Eastern churches, I think they celebrate it on a different day to us. So uh, even even around the world, Easter's not necessarily celebrated on the same day. No, no, that's right. As a congregation, how are you celebrating Easter in um, uh, Holy Trinity? Well, I mean, it's already well, it's already started. So uh, Maundy Thursday last night, we had a, a service where we're going over the events of that first Maundy Thursday, Jesus with his Last Supper, with the washing of the feet, uh, with his... Uh, oh, that's something I've had, I've had my feet washed as well. Yes, I've done that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tonight? Uh, no, no, not tonight. <laughs> but, uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, no, no worries. Uh, so that, I mean, I don't, we didn't actually wash each other's feet, but uh, recognising that Jesus come to serve, he's giving us an example of how Christians are to behave with one another, and also symbolising that uh, Jesus came to wash us from our sins, that we, we need to be washed by him. God needs to cleanse us in order for us to have a relationship with him so that was the so monday monday thursday lots of churches are uh, doing something on a, on the evening at some point good friday we had a, a, a children's service in the morning we had the church building open for prayer so that people could come in and reflect and then from two till three we had what we call an hour at the cross so that last hour when jesus was hanging on the cross before he died at three o'clock we just really focus on what was going on then uh, we, tomorrow we're actually having a, a community treasure hunt. Oh, that sounds good. Uh, Tell me about that. <laughs> it's, a, it's just an act, event for families happening. Uh, I'm going to do a bit of a cheeky plug. Go on. Uh, 2.30 to 4.30, families can turn up. It'll be out in the church grounds. They do some clues, find out a little bit about the first Easter and get a prize at the end. So that's what's happening tomorrow. And then Easter Sunday, that's when it's the big thing. So 8.30, we've got a little quieter reflective communion service. 10.30, we have our all-age celebration. And we've done some exciting things in the past, like having some confetti and balloons. And we just think, I mean, it's a very sobering, well, not sobering, it's a wonderful day. Jesus risen from the dead, death conquered, our sins defeated. We can have a relationship with God. We, as a church, we just want to make it as exciting as possible. And then on Monday, we're doing a, a community litter sweep to do a sort of bring new life to our local community. So that, there's a range of things. There's a, the, the spiritual side, I suppose you'd say, where we're connecting with uh, what Jesus did and then thinking about how do we also take that blessing out into our local community. 
Super. So it sounds fun-packed and, and busy, as, it, as, as, as I would expect it to be. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, Andy Caddick, who's my producer on the programme and who researches and writes all my material for me, has asked me to ask you, why do we have the Easter Bunny? <laughs> what can you tell me about the Easter Bunny, Nick? Well, the Easter Bunny's cute. Uh, I mean, some people try and connect it to the goddess Easter, however you pronounce it. Mm. Uh, there's no historical evidence, as far as I'm aware, that that's there. My hunch is that, uh, you know, the seriousness and the wonder of Jesus' death and his resurrection, is it, it, it's, it's big, and Easter bunnies are just a bit cuter. Uh, and more acceptable. <laughs> so, and they don't provoke so many profound questions, but also they don't give you so much profound hope either. And it's a whole lot easier to eat a, a, a rabbit chocolate than it is to, you know... Quite, <laughs> quite. Yeah, your, your hand gestures say it all. Now, talking about chocolate, a lot of us enjoy chocolate, but where did the principle of the Easter egg come from? I know we have it in chocolate form because, it, you know, it's convenient these days. And, and how does it relate to the, the sacred part of Easter? Mm. I mean, I'm very impressed with your ability not to eat chocolates. I've, I've... So am I. <laughs> I've not Quite even frankly. tried to uh, not eat chocolate. And I, I mean, I, I'm one of these people, I don't do confectionery sweets, so if you took me to a sweet shop, you've got mm, no yeah. chance. But if you take me somewhere and buy me chocolate, oh yeah. Friend, yeah, yeah, a good bit of life. dark chocolate. Friend, oh, yes, I like, I like plain chocolate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so I, t tell me about the Easter egg then. The Easter egg, I think that from my understanding, it's a symbol of new life. Uh, and you know, you've got Jesus coming out of the grave as you know, the start of a whole new life, uh, the start of a, a new life with God and the hope of eternal resurrection with God. And the egg sort of symbolises that idea of new life. There's something that seems inanimate and then out of it comes life. Uh, so that that's a bit of my understanding on it. I think it helps children to understand as well because I think sometimes with with children or younger people, you, you stick them in front of the Bible and they may find that quite difficult to get mm. their head round. But if you actually use, you know, um, sort of augmented graphics and we'll, we'll use the Easter egg as an yeah. example, I think that, that helps people to understand more. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, something like the subject of death and what happens afterwards is a really tricky one. I think we often find it very uncomfortable, especially in sort of 21st century England. And so something like the egg can be a really helpful uh, model. We're going to, on Sunday morning, going to use the idea of a door and this door that everybody has to walk through. And, you know, everybody goes through the door, whether the, you like the door or whether you think about it or not. But only one person so far has come back out the door and told us what's the other side. Uh, and, you know, so that sort of the metaphor, it just helps to sort of earth it and gets under our defences a bit. And I think, yeah, like, likewise, the egg idea. can be really helpful. Yeah. Now, when you've been on my Christmas programmes in the past, uh, we've talked about the commercialisation of Christmas. And that's something that really sort of pulls my chain. Um, <laughs> but what about the commercialisation of Easter? Because it's happened. It's happened over many, many years. Yeah, and I mean, at one stage, you would you could say that we were a Christian country, and certainly we've got the sort of the, the skeleton of that, haven't we? In that we we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate Easter, uh, but the, in terms of a real living faith with Jesus at the centre of it, that's not at the centre of our nation's life in quite the way it was. So inevitably, whatever is at the centre of our life will tend to take over. And I suppose commercialism and uh, consumerism and uh, sort of family is the thing that has sort of uh, sort of mm. taken over. You can't see my hand gestures. I'm just sort of doing... Right. <laughs> it's sort of I'll, creeping I'll, I'll spiders along the thing next. there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, and so... 
yeah, we as well as these profound questions that we try, a lot of us try to avoid, I think, a lot of the time, uh, in, we, we want to still celebrate. We have that need to celebrate. We have this need to sort of gather together because family is important after mm. all. And so uh, what was sort of had God and Jesus and all that means at the centre, other things are there as well. Uh, from my point of view, I think it, it's, it's an opportunity for us as Christians to, and for me as a minister, to actually speak into that and say, well, you know, the chocolate will only satisfy you for a certain amount and actually it might leave you at the end feeling a bit sick if you eat it all on one day. <laughs> Whereas, uh, you know, Jesus talked about offering living water and offering, saying being he's the bread of life and offering a satisfaction that helps us to make sense of life and eternity that lasts forever. So, it, it, there's opportunities as well, whilst it's still sort of within the public consciousness. What does Easter mean to the Reverend Nick Gowers, <laughs> personally? Personally, I, it, it is the very heartbeat of my faith. So it's it, it's where I, I suppose I see the person I love the most, uh, who's Jesus, and what he has done for me that has provoked that love in me, uh, in him going to the cross, and not just as sort of a general thing, but him saying, like, I'm dying for you in your place. And then him you know, coming out of the grave and saying, look, I want you, I want to be with you, I want, to follow, I want you to follow me, and I, and I want you to, to be with me forever. So it's, it's the sort of the concrete reality of what my faith is all about. Mm. And actually... In terms of my own sort of faith journey, there are two things that sort of are really connected to Easter, which were significant moments. One was uh, when my mother lent me a book by a guy called Frank Morrison called Who Moved the Stone, mm. which was all about, well, it's a lawyer who wasn't a Christian, just asking, well, you know, what what happened with the events of Jesus' resurrection? Because you can't just say, oh, well, it's, it's just made up. Let's, let's look at it as a, from a lawyer's point of view and say... Okay, well, we need an alternative motive and description. Imagine it's going on in, in the court, and let's work out what would be the the motive for it not to be true and uh, an alternative story. And he's a guy who looked at the evidence and actually went, well, I, well, he ended up being persuaded it was true. And I re- read that book, and that was had a really profound effect on me because it took me from being somebody who was, you know, brought up in a Christian home, but actually saying, yeah there's real evidence for this actually it makes most sense of the evidence for jesus to actually be risen from the dead so there's a sort of personal faith story there but there's also it's also connected with my own journey into being a uh, a minister mm. where i was i remember because i was going to be an engineer uh, and build bridges and design bridges except i think i mentioned before the one i designed it, it broke far too quickly so <laughs> obviously god didn't want me in that uh but uh, i remember uh the, the the student worker at my church saying that uh, you know what do you want to do with the rest of your life is it helping people to have a uh, a faith that will then enable them to be with God forever or just be involved in something that only lasts for a certain amount of time and he sort of tied that in with the resurrection of Jesus and I and I it, it just struck me obviously not everybody needs to be a vicar otherwise uh, <laughs> <I'd be> run <laughs> but for me. So, yeah, my own personal faith journey and my own calling from God is fundamentally connected with the events of Jesus' resurrection. How will you be celebrating Easter this year then, Nick, with your family? Well, strangely enough, tomorrow we're going to be doing a park run. Mm-hmm. 
Right. <laughs> I guess in preparation for all the chocolate that we're going to be eating on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, I'll be at all the services on Sunday. Uh, we'll be having uh, family time uh, in the afternoon, which will involve packing to go on holiday on Monday when we're oh. just going to go and have some time away. So there'll be a combination of the physical, a com- of the spiritual and of the just the being together as a family. But, you know, Sunday being the centre of it and having Jesus' resurrection at the centre of it all. Reverend Nick Gowers from Holy Trinity Church in Old Hill, thank you very much for talking to Friday Night Clive. That is your lot for this episode. You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 8pm. If you like our podcast, please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast, presented by Clive Payne and produced by Andy Caddick.